0: from rehabbing and construction to luxury properties. Andy Polsky and his team are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Advantage Plus and can be found online at apgroupmn.com. Now, here's Andy Polsky.
1: Welcome to the show. This podcast is gonna be a pretty unique one, a topic that I'm not really looking forward to, but after the tumultuous week, I'm, I'm looking forward to reflecting and digesting with, with some very respected people here. We have Andy Ream in the room as always. How we doing? Uh, doing good, Andy, how are you? Good, good. Marshall Saunders. Hello, how's it going? Good, considering everything. I, yeah. sun's out today. And we've got Pat Clemens with Bridgewater Bank. Hello, everybody. We've got the new addition to the AP group, Peter Smear there. He's uh, my assistant slash agent in training.
2: Thanks for having me. So, what's the subject of the day? COVID.
1: COVID nineteen. You guys have all been hearing about. It. We're gonna we're gonna try not to stray too much. I mean, it's the topic in everyone's life. But we're gonna try to focus on its effects on the real estate market and the economy, on a local level, a little bit on a national level.
2: Have you seen any drop in showings or anything over the last week?
1: Yeah, they they weren't really dropping off much until they, you know, they shut down schools and mm-hmm. they were still, I'm looking at all the statistics, the showings were still pretty high, but within like the last two or three days, they've they've really fallen off. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I think it's a good thing. I think we all need to right. take this very serious. And if you're in desperate need of a home, well, then we can still do showings. But if you're just looking for your dream home, you might want to take a couple
2: weeks off. So have you gotten contacts from any sellers saying, Hey, listen, we're just gonna take a breather, uh, take it off the market for now or something like that?
1: Yeah, I had a I had a few listings that were coming up and we've we've talked through it and right now the houses in the like sub five hundred thousand dollar range are still moving in multiple offer situations. Mm-hmm. So that that's great to see. Sure. But if you're not in a hurry to sell i would advise you if you can if it's convenient let's wait a week you know it's it's pretty much day by day for mm-hmm. my buyers and sellers i've had to put out a ton of fires this week it it was insane monday and tuesday were some of the toughest days i've ever had to deal with in my career i just stayed strong and and advised my clients stay strong let's see what happens tomorrow let's see what happens tomorrow call guys like pat clemens up at Bridgewater, talk to him, try to get his pulse on on everyone else he's talking to. And I, I think that's the key is to not let the headlines grab you sure, and, and pull you down into that funk because the sun came up this morning and it's a beautiful day. A beautiful day, yeah. Like, yep. The gloomy weather probably wasn't helping <laughs> at all either.
2: Well, you know, and the stock market's tanking, but, you know, that's not always bad for real estate. Uh, oftentimes there's a flight to real estate during bad stock market times. Where it affects housing the most is there are people usually on higher price ranges that might either borrow against their stock portfolio or sell off part of their stock portfolio to buy a nice new home or something of that nature, and that might inhibit that activity. But I think more than anything, it's kind of more the 9-11 effect of nothing literally changing the housing market, but just everyone's a little scared. What's sure. the future going to look like? What is this all about? And then once you get kind of a base level of okay, this is where we're at, this is what's happening going forward, then confidence kind of comes back into the marketplace. There's certainly pinpoint industries like hospitality that I'm sure will take years to recover from this. For sure. Well, but, even yeah, you know,
3: restaurants and bars I saw uh you know St. Patrick's Day came and went and uh they had one bar in Minneapolis, it was an Irish pub that they said it was like ten percent of their annual revenue came from around the St. Patrick Day right. weekend. There was some staggering number that's like, whoa, yeah, it's like their Black uh, Friday, you know? Yeah, you yeah. got spanked hard in, you know, two right. three days. And right. but I don't think I mean the economy hasn't seen hasn't even begun to see the impact of, of, you know, millions of people, you know, going home and a lot of them ain't getting paid. And right. so it's uh not that all of them are in the the market for housing, but still, I mean, it, it impacts the economy. They're not, you know, crap runs downhill kind of thing. They're not going and buying stuff. Nobody's. I mean, they're buying toilet paper, ironically enough. Which, you know, it's uh, but Target's doing really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can't they, they can't spin those rolls fast enough. You know, that's right. we have a friend that's in
1: charge of this region for Peloton, and their yeah. their sales are just skyrocketing. Really? You know? everybody's got to work out at home. So. Well, yeah,
4: I mean, that's the thing. In in any Situation, and obviously this is a severe one. But uh, in any kind of social change on a mass scale, there's always hardship, and there's always economic opportunity, right? There's stock markets getting hit, but then things that uh, businesses that specialize in, you know, nesting kinds of things like Netflix and whatever, they're that's going up. So, mm-hmm. with regard to housing, employment's going to be a bigger factor. Um, obviously, we we're, op- we're operating on a really short news cycle. Um, things change daily. Um, when Andy kicked off the show, he and I actually spoke on Monday. Um, and I was in the in the process of just calling multiple clients, more or less just to kind of check in and, and take their temperature on, on how they were feeling about things, um, their concerns. And uh, I was telling Andy, we spoke later in the afternoon that almost universally Uh, small business owners, real estate investors, people that own multifamily, people that own construction companies. Everyone had kind of a calm resolve. No one was complaining. uh, No one was too fearful. Most people were pretty accepting of the fact that social distancing was going to be a part of our near-term reality. Uh, Most people accepted the fact that there was going to be some short term pain, um, but the goal was to come out of it on the other side, not having overwhelmed our healthcare system and having people unnecessarily die that could otherwise have gotten care. Most people were still taking stock in the fact that the economy was robust before all this happened. This is obviously something that's extraneous to the economic system, right. so that in theory, if we can manage it. Um, the economy should be in a good position to bounce back. So, of course, that was, you know, five days ago now. Um, but, I, you know, I talked to a couple people even today, and I don't think that's changed too much. So I think most people understand that um, there's going to be some short-term sacrifice, but hopefully mm-hmm. we get a handle on this thing and we'll come out on the other side. We may be looking at some tough economic times in the short terms. But but this is this is not 2008. Um, banks are not leveraged. People are not leveraged in the same way they were back then. Um, so while the hardships might be every bit as real right now, the, the wherewithal to withstand it, I think, is a lot different than what we saw in
1: 2008. I'd advise anybody watching or, or listening to this podcast, call somebody you think is successful when you're down and they're a positive person, like – the headlines, there's so much baiting to get clicks nowadays that the news can be super depressing. And they they might not be telling the whole story or they put a false headline basically that can be bent into the truth just to get clicks. And that stuff, take a break from the news once in a while. I just – I go to three different sites and I'll kind of page them and compare once in a while. But – other than that, I, I much rather call guys like you guys and, and be like, What are you seeing? Yeah. What are you? I, uh,
3: I can tell you that I, I just assume that everybody's sick and the world is falling apart. So I've been reading the onion. <laughs> I, uh, the onion. <laughs> I, I'd rather just laugh, you know. There you so. go.
1: There is an immediate opportunity, and that's where you're seeing stuff still moving in the lower price ranges because all of a sudden these people who have gone into multiple offers three times and lost the house they want, now they're saying, Wow. We don't have to fight with ten people for this house. We mm-hmm. have to fight with two or three. So there's an immediate opportunity for some people to get into housing that have had a real hard time getting in. Right. I, I think the economy is going to take a big hit because of the industries that we talked about. There, you know, it's just so much money lost. But I think the strength of the economy, the jobs numbers, the low interest rates. I think we're gonna pull yep. through quicker than a lot of people are anticipating right. it's, if you look at where we were before all this stuff broke out um some people
4: might say you know well not might there there are plenty of people that before the the um the current situation broke out. We're talking about it might not be the worst thing in the world to have a small correction. Yeah. Exactly. Um, if you look at Andy, you were talking about, well, maybe it's a good opportunity now if you're looking in the three hundred thousand price point. Anybody that tried to buy a house for three hundred thousand dollars in the last year or <laughs> year and a half right. knows how insanely frustrating it was. Right. Next to impossible. Obviously it was happening, but just the the imbalance between inventory and interest was was historic, frankly. And so um people talked a lot about a a potential correction. And it's it's hard to um, not sound cavalier when you just use that word when people are losing their jobs getting sick, some people dying. Um, And so I don't mean to all, the, all that stuff notwithstanding, um, I do think you're right. I do think that ultimately the economy was strong before this went down. I do think um, there might be industries like the labor industry and in construction where a correction or, or even entry-level housing prices um, isn't necessarily the worst thing in the long run. Um, I was talking to a real estate investor yesterday who's kind of sat on the sidelines for – a while, thinking that home prices were too inflated. And he told me, you know, hey, I, I'm I'm hopeful that there's some opportunity in the marketplace coming up. Uh, he also told me he's working on a rehab right now. And he's, he's, for the first time in a while, doesn't have a shortage of labor. He's actually got people who's, you know, had other projects, larger projects cancel. And so now they're available to get his project done more quickly. Um, and again, you never want to traffic on anyone else's mm-hmm. demise or loss. But um, it's just an empirical reality that as things change, like Andy said too, I mean, hey, yeah, I might, I might not be making 10 grand on this next job, but I can make six and get through and keep the lights on and, and when things get better, I'll be there working still and, and keep going. So I think you're right to say that there's, you know, lots of unknowns in the near term, but in the big picture, I think there's opportunity to, to work through this and come out on the other side. Okay.
2: And Andy, I think you brushed up against something. Uh, a good point is this is a really good trial run. This is a really good dress rehearsal for what if a, a virus like this that has a ninety percent death rate instead yeah. of less exactly. than one percent? Yeah, we're going to learn. We're going to yeah. learn a lot. Yeah, like this. okay, this is what you do. Go back to that one time. You know, <laughs> yeah, like right hunker here. down. We flatten the curve. We get through this, and we minimize the impact. Right. And uh, yeah, it's kind of impressive. Like, gosh, when we have the the right kind of idea, we we do. When you see a lot of together. compassion and, and love yeah. coming out
1: of this too, where the restaurants they're that's they're all crazy. fully stocked on food and they're they're giving food to people in the service industry or yeah. or to kids, you know, free lunches everywhere. It's the it's, people
2: that are the hardest hit by this. Yeah, rest, yeah. Are it's, it's, it's them so all. inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: if you can support your local restaurants by getting takeout right now, I th- I think that's key because they're doing so many beautiful things. Because they don't, they've got perishable food, and they're they're ready to give it away for free. But if you have the means, let's pay for it. And Healthy. people I mean, are
4: responsible too, right? Like you know, it's not. There's no shame in saying, "Geez, I I, I think I have a little bit of a fever.
1: I'm going to stay home." Sure, I mean, that's what people need to do right, right now. Exactly. Right. And, and, and I, can... I'll advise them, like tr- try not to touch any surfaces or mm-hmm. anything, because I don't want you to get it. But also, you know that. That's one of the big things with this virus is it lives on surfaces, mm-hmm. cold surfaces, for two, three days, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. So I think it's getting trans transmissions happening a lot more from touching a surface, to, touching your face rather than the coughing and and whatnot.
2: I guess the bottom line is stay calm. We'll get through this together. And most likely the real estate world is not shattering. It might take a little breather. There might be some opportunities out there, but I, you know, at least there are no indicators at this point that there is going to be some big, huge problem that uh, real estate values will crash and and that the market will go to hell. Yeah, through
1: my (laughs) through my talks with everyone this week, you know, like I said, it was a firestorm Monday and Tuesday Mm. because it was basically people were freaking out, following with the stock market and and the quarantines and and shutting everything down. And rightfully so, people were freaked out. But now I think everybody's starting to realize there's a reason we're doing it and so we don't suffer much bigger repercussions if we don't get ahead of the curve. The higher price ranges, those people right now, some of them are really feeling it in the stock market, but it's fun talking to them because there's guys out there who just lost $700,000 I talked to in the stock market. And they go, not too worried about it because... I own my house in cash. I'm going to mm-hmm. refinance that now at 3.2 or something, right. and I'm going to double down on the stock market, and I'll right. triple the money that I put in there now.
2: I tell you, you know, this show is not for stock tips, so no, no <laughs> yeah, one should trust me. Don't, but, don't follow me. <laughs> but I tell you, that, I don't
1: dabble in that much because I lost uh, my ass in all- Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: But you know, I'd be looking at all these online learning institutions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because yeah. I think this is going to be a revolution. Long after this virus goes away and we're not dealing with yep. it. But a lot of people are being introduced to the idea of online learning that might have been a little skeptical of it in the past.
4: Especially in even traditional environments like your your, you know, everyday college or university. Right. Those have been kind of the last bastions of holding off to face-to-face. But right. now all of them because of the situation. Right have gone to remote learning.
1: Yeah, it's uh, fun to see everyone adapting so quickly. My mm-hmm. kids took a piano class via FaceTime with their piano instructor really? yeah. yesterday. Interesting. And they're they're connecting with all their classmates. I didn't know Facebook even had this. I don't know if it's new, but they have like a messenger that the parents can control so the kid can just download on their tablet like the messenger app. Mm. So they're adding all their friends, and, and we have to approve if they can be friends with them and, sure. and they're staying in contact with their friends mm-hmm. from school. So it it brings some normalcy to the kids too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did have one investor buying my teardown in Wysetta. He backed out because he was feeling the stock market, but I think he wouldn't have backed out if, if he went a couple more days and waited till today. I found a cash buyer. I'm expecting a potentially a better offer than his today. <laughs> nice. yeah. So yeah. like Pat said, some people are freaking out, but I think the resolve is already there, like this right. is our our new normal, and
2: yeah you got to grab your head, the opportunities, keep your cool, right. Don't get too reactionary and and you know Minnesota has always been a bit of an anomaly when it comes to real estate. You know, you look at national trends and they go way down and we're bad, but we're not as right. bad and right. yeah. uh, so we and and you look at this particular uh, situation. Minnesota companies are named all the time. You know, University of Minnesota is one of the first uh, yeah. treatments that might be coming Epidemiology out. Epidemiology strong. Right. Yeah. And you got uh, Mayo Clinic with uh, coming out with a, one of the initial tests. 3M with the face masks are huge. Uh, Medtronic is uh, doubling their number of ventilators that they make. Not to mention General Mills, which is a staple. You know, people are rushing out to get General Mills products for... Ah, uh, to stock the shelves. We are an economy here that will most likely not feel the biggest brunt of this uh, on a nationwide basis as well. Should we ask uh, Peter? You know how it's how it is to be uh, new in the business.
5: I got introduced to real estate uh, a couple months ago, where me and a buddy started to our own investment. We got our own investment property mm. that we rented out, and that was right around the time where I was like. I was working this first job out of college, and I was like, this is probably not what I want to do. And then a mutual friend between Andy and myself told me I should come talk to Andy. And lo and behold, after like an hour conversation, he just told me, come join the team. And I was super hyped and excited for that and that's kind of how I just got got into this and the way we've gone.
1: Yeah, Peter came highly recommended from a good friend of mine. He's mm. Peter's actually his son's basketball coach. So we met and I I saw his enthusiasm. He went to St. Thomas. He's, you know, he's going to have a great network. Grew up in Orno so nice. it's it's going to be a good long career, I think, if, if he can put up with me going through this <laughs> stuff. And then I'm like, one day it's going to be fun. You're going to learn That's stuff right. one day. And he's like, is there anything I can do for you? I'm like, I just got to be on the phone all day today. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the
5: first day, basically working with him, he brings me to his house that he's selling. And just we cleaned that all out. Nothing else. Just moved a bunch of boxes. And I was like, perfect, sweet.
1: Yeah, I warned yeah. him. I'm like, you're going to be doing a lot below your... Your pay grade and education, but you're going to learn a ton about construction and everything along the way.
2: When I think of Bridgewater Bank, who during the downturn, the great real estate recession, was one of the few banks out there actually acting like a bank and lending people money and, and partnering with Entrepreneurs and exactly. and they just started in, 205. in exactly. 2005 I mean that's uh, yep. they were a fledgling yep. operation well, when they a, got devastated. You exactly, know?
4: <laughs> it was a gut check moment I think for a, for a young bank. And um, like I said, I was a client back then, and I, I learned pretty quickly that um, Jeff Shelberg, who was my loan officer, he's one of the founding uh, partners of the bank, along with Jerry Bach and a few others. He, he met me out on, on a job site, on a, on a mm. rehab that I was looking at buying that somebody had screwed up, and he came out and looked at it personally, and that really left an impression on me. And I, I was working with other local banks, and I don't know that they would have known the difference between um, you know a, a great deal and a not-so-great deal. If it penciled out, it penciled out. And uh, Bridgewater always paid a little bit more attention, always was a little bit more responsive. And I think um, the, fun, the the interesting thing, to their credit, is even during the downturn, um, they had very little REO, very little property that they took back. Um, they, were, they were always pretty prudent and careful. Um, but it allowed them to, I think, capitalize by being smart uh, while they were lending when others weren't during the downturn. And they came out of it on the other side a lot stronger. So I
2: won't name any names because I don't want to get sued. But I had a few banks that, I, I mean, all they did was just, even if you've never missed a payment, you've never had yeah, any problems, right. they call you and they say, well, we're calling your loans, we're calling all your lines of credit because they're just so scared
4: and and early on uh earlier this week i mean we when we were kind of uh putting calls out and taking everyone's temperature we we heard that there were some local banks that had kind of just paused lending uh commercial banks that had paused their lending others that were really scaling back and of course it's uh, always a good idea to kind of take take stock and see where the market's at and where people think it's going um but for the most part uh what ends up changing really is is not a lot if you have good sound structure to your deals if they're if they're not overly leveraged people have enough equity in the situation so they're going to stay invested in the property um, you're conservative on your loan-to-value. Um, you invest in good collateral, uh, good properties um, with sound. People that have good balance sheets, you should be fine. You should be able to weather the, the market ups and downs, and that's, um, that's one thing that Bridgewater's always done, and, and I think good community banks locally do the same.
1: Yeah, Bridgewater's been great. I, I had a really good relationship with First National Bank in mm-hmm. River Falls where I went to college. Mm-hmm. Great banker there. She'd work nights and weekends. She was awesome. Like, I still have a ton of respect for her, Mm -hmm. but much more structured where it was like, yeah, Andy, you know, you might not want to do this, you know, might not want to do this. Maybe, Maybe we can't do that.
2: Not in, thinking outside
1: the box too much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and Bridgewater's careful, like Pat said, with the loan to value. Sure. They make sure the property's right, but they're really hybrid for real estate. It's it's a breath of fresh air working with them. Yeah. They know real estate construction inside out. And it's fun working with a guy like him because he's not your traditional banker that graduated you know, and has been in banking his whole career. He knows, yeah. he knows the gig. He's been in the trenches doing it too. Yeah on a personal level too personal banking we moved all our accounts over to bridgewater and my wife lou does most of the books and the bill pay she's it, it's made her life a lot easier hmm. cuz when there's an issue she calls a person answers fixes the issue it's not like a wells fargo yeah. where you're talking to somebody in india or something all right, right? Yeah. i can't help you and I'm-
2: what you're talking about there though is experience right nice. uh, having been through all these things that's one of the good things about you know like that awful day that you had on monday you know it's it's awful to go through those things but now you have experience you know you've you've you know been in rocky waters and you kind of know how to navigate and that's what experience is all about Mm -hmm. and that's why you go with an experienced person not that new people aren't awesome but uh you know you're building your uh, uh breadth of experience by working with andy too yeah yeah i think that's
4: a good point i mean People like Andy, um, having had had my own real estate license for a long time, you kind of you see, you can tell the realtor that knows a little bit about how homes are built from one that doesn't, and um, it's one of the ways that I've clicked with Andy. He, in this market, you see a lot of people doing casual rehabs and that kind of thing, and the quality sometimes is is really kind of across the board. If you work with a a real estate agent like Andy that's got uh, some construction background. He's going to kind of be able to quickly suss out, you know, what looks nice from what really is nice. Uh, and I think that's an important element to have nowadays because mm-hmm. there are so many other people that are kind of getting into rehabbing that maybe aren't. Right. You know, like Andy or Andy here have, have a good construction background um, and do things the right way. Got to be careful about that nowadays, too.
5: So. Yeah, that's something I'm For super sure. excited about, too, because Andy took me to one of the home cities flipping and just walking inside it and him showing me. Everything that you kind of have to do, I thought that was super cool because, like, I would never how to know how to like knock out a wall or, you know, put it in a kitchen counter. But I think that's something I can learn from Andy and his team. And-
3: God, I tell you, I've seen you see stuff all the time. You start getting in the places. We just did one where they had buried I me, and they just had open outlets buried in the uh, the floors. Yeah. And the only reason we took the floor out was just we were taking out some minor stuff. And we're demo. It was just incredible. On you know, whoever had worked in this place prior and. You know, it's one of them that I just, it's, I, it just, it, it leaves you shaking your head, you know, and it's, uh, it's, uh, and I always kind of have a thing, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it always uh, kind of chaps my behind when I see contractors doing a shoddy job because, you know, you can pick up Google and everybody's got a bad, bad reputation. I mean, it's always, you know, all watch out for your contractor. I'm always in the mindset, you know, there's just as many sketchy customers out there who, you know, maybe they ain't going to pay you or they're going to post same, a note the job. Same or, in
1: real estate. Yeah. And so
3: <laughs> I'm always kind of like, well, you know, there's always two sides to the story. And then when I open up a floor and I see stuff like that, it just leaves me shaking my head thinking, come on, guys. You yeah. know, really lazy. You know, couldn't have done better. That those, is a fire hazard. Those to be floor
4: with. boxes are expensive, though. You know, you yeah. get the metal box and
3: yeah, you, know, you got to get the green fields. Actually, yeah,
5: carpet flooring guys got to work around it. Mm-hmm. You know. This is all funny because I'm doing my real estate classes right now, and half of the chapters that I've done so far are on like ethics and like all these ethical behavior things, I'm like, why does this matter so much? But just hearing you guys yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And, yeah talking to other people like there's a lot of sketchy people out there
3: well i'll tell you in construction so i got a residential license uh commercial there's really no licensing required highway same thing i mean it's just kind of you put your money where your mouth is you screw up and you know you're eating it is kind of at the end of the day but the one thing you know uh, in fact it's interesting so like when we started working uh started ordering ready mix uh if ReadyMix, for example, for concrete, doesn't think you know what you're doing, they're going to sell you know, concrete. I mean, they they might, but not on a big project. And uh, their reputation is everything. I mean, they're, if you don't got a reputation to hang your hat on, they, called, they told me it was credit and credibility. So you had to have the wherewithal to actually be able to pay it back. But you also had to know your ass from a hole in the ground, and they weren't going to just send you anything. Because at the end of the day, it makes everybody look bad. And it's their product that's getting installed. You know, uh, they got, and then you go belly up. And next thing you know, they're getting lumped into some lawsuit, or they're getting lumped into some warranty. And it's a mess. That they got plenty of other decent people that they're fine sending it to. And that's, I mean, that's a, you know kind of the attitude on it, but yeah, with a lot of these different things, you know, it is, it's, if you don't have a reputation, you got nothing to hang your hat on, and once you get a sketchy reputation in today's world, all it takes is one or two people going on to Yelp or Google or whatever saying, yeah, this guy's a... Uh, shyster, or whatever. Here's how he screwed this up, and it's unfortunate because people have so the consumer has so much control over what can happen. It's amazing how one bad review, particularly for I suppose in real estate or contractors or something, can really impact the bottom line and yeah. change people from from.
1: Well, well, you're saying you can have thousands of happy customers, and you got that one who didn't pay his bill, and you got in an argument about it, and then he leaves you a nasty yeah. review we're going to wrap up today's show thanks for coming in guys thank it was you, a lot guys. of fun uh, if I can leave you with anything I, I think if you're having a bad day and dealing with the COVID-19 stress anxiety take a step back and wait for tomorrow the sun will come up talk to someone positive um, I'd like to thank all of the the medical people in the world right now they're doing an amazing job I, I think they are our, our firefighters of 9-11 right now So thank you to all the nurses, doctors, everybody. And uh, yeah, let's get through this together.
0: This has been Andy Polsky's Guide to Financial Freedom Through Real Estate. Andy and the team at the AP Group of REMAX Advantage Plus bring you, the listener, and their clients, a wealth of knowledge and experience in real estate, investing, remodeling, construction, vacation rentals, and developing. They can be reached at 763-639-6522 or online at apgroupmn.com. This podcast was produced by Minnesota Podcasting, who can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the individual participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the AP Group, RE-MAX Advantage Plus, or Minnesota Podcasting.